<laughs> do you want uh, to, introduce, to introduce the ham? Let's uh, meet some hams. All right. Oh, <laughs> because meat. That's not. We're gonna meet some hams. What I meant. That's not what I meant, but it's really good too. Thanks. Welcome to the Hamsteak Podcast. It's the podcast where we talk about Homestuck and tell you about it. Mm, almost. Very close. <laughs> close. That time. Um, my name's... No, wait, you go first. My name's Alex, and I haven't read Homestuck before. My name's Lydia, and I super have! And this week we're reading pages 43-49 through 44-47. We sure are. Yeah. So, uh, where we left off... I'm gonna recap where we left off last week, because I can see Alex's notes, and they say... That, uh, Alex does not remember what <laughs> we read last week. So, what we read last week, uh, cause, cause secretly we did it actually kind of a while ago in, in real human time. So, um, what happened was, um, Aridin and Feffery had a conversation in which, um, he was sort of like, blatheringly trying to, like, let on that he liked her in, like, a romantic way. Um, Mm -hmm. The word romantic styles is... It's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. Um, Never mind. The word romantic styles popped into my head, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's just going to be a reference. I I just finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How was it? It's pretty good. Nice. It took me a while to, like, get used to the tone. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cute, and, like, I, I crave that warm-hearted office comedy. Yeah. Uh, Aridan needs a <laughs> stiff drink, uh, after that exhausting conversation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Gamzee suggests that he drink one of the Fago that have, uh, washed up on his shore. Using phrases like, snap into a wicked elixir. Yeah, um, Gamzee's dialogue in this reading is really good. You gotta just um, read it. Yeah. There's no way to really, like, describe it. Or, like, condense it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another fun fact, I didn't know that Fago was a real drink until, like, I didn't know that when we first encountered it. When did you find out that it was? Like, a, a couple weeks ago. Oh. I don't remember having that conversation. It wasn't me that told you, right? You just kind of, like, found out? Yeah, I just, like, saw it in, like, a non-homestuck context. I was like, what? That's real? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the whole thing, is that it is it is actually, like, Juggalo soda. Like, they really are super into Fago. Okay. It's, like, it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's just, like, funny that that's a detail that I completely missed. Fair. Um... Because like, the artifact, like, found object art in Homestuck, you can never tell what's, like, real and what isn't. That's true, and it's so granular that it could be fake. It's, it almost looks like it's out of, like, Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. Yeah. If nothing else. Um, but, uh, so, so Gamzy is, nope, Aridin is taking his Fago out of his refrigerator, which is the fancy, uh, aristocratic term for the object known as a thermal hull by the masses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, uh... Oh, no, he doesn't take it out of there. He just goes in there because the narration tells him to. But it's full of shitty wands. Yeah. The narration also tells us they're shitty. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, um, we're still doing the parallel introduction thing, right? Oh, wait, sorry, what were you going to say? Well, because that's, like, Dave's shitty swords. Yes! The yeah. parallel is there. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Fefri also has a can of pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she opens it and just, like... You Wait, you call it pop? Yeah, I, I was dreading saying that. Get out! I thought, I thought we'd already talked about this. Maybe. I feel like I've also heard you use the word soda. Or no, what you've done is you've agreed with me using the word soda, which I think is yeah, fine. I, I almost, yeah, so if I'm talking to an American, I might just like say soda pop, even though that's the most <laughs> unnatural construction. My dad calls it soda pop, and I'm like, <laughs> stop. Um, okay, sorry. So, okay, so... Anyway, every... she opens a carbonated canister underwater, mm-hmm. and the, uh, liquid, uh, flows out. Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, this is stupid. Happens again. It's it's good. Yeah. It's a really which, good trope. You've, have you seen the new season of Ojak? No. Uh, like parts of it. There's a, there's a similar gag. Where, like, he blows... There's an episode where he's underwater. Oh, the um, the fluid gag. Yes, I did watch that episode. That was bizarre. A beautiful episode. Episode. It really was very good. I watched it at a very surreal time, mm-hmm. and like I was about to move, and it was very surreal, and I felt things. Yeah, it was well done. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they, then they talk about their weapons, and there's, like, some jokes that go over my head. Like what? Like, the, uh, Sidon's Entente. I don't know what that is. Um, well, because, okay. supposed to mean. So, I think it's meant to be, like, um... Like, Poseidon's something. Right, Poseidon's something, and then also the Greek letter that's used there has three prongs. Yeah, and it's the... It's a trident. The the sigh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get that part. I don't get what the entente is. I don't know. I don't get okay. that either. I kind of thought you would know it, actually, because French. But I got nothing. Well, I think it just means, like, intent. Okay. Well, so then it's, you know, it's Sidon's, Trident. Trident, Sidon's, Sidon's will. Poseidon's will. Whatever. That's kind of a okay, cool name. Okay. Sure. Um, anyway, it's a, yeah, it's a double trident. Like, it has a trident on both ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aridens is a gun. Yeah. He's, he's... It's a harpoon gun, and it's called Ahab's Crosshairs because of Moby Dick. And okay. And we just I... saw him shoot down a white whale. Right. So. Do you get it? Because he's a... He's a whale hunter. That's what his outfit is supposed to be! That just clicked for me! A whale wow. hunter? At least, or not the Ahab shoes. specifically. Um, like a, like a, a whaler. A whaling sailor. Like, that's what's up with, like, the sweater. Uh, sweater? Yeah, he's wearing a sweater. And a cape. But I think he's wearing a sweater. I don't think whalers often wear high-collared capes. No, but I, like, like, I think it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a mixed ensemble of, like, hipster and, like, super villain and, like, whaler. Okay. And I yeah, think sure. I, he's got like a, an, a a wool sweater. I forget the name of the kind of sweater that he's wearing, but I think we see a detail of it this week and it stuck with me. And I was like, "What's up with that sweater? That's what's <laughs> up with that sweater." Also, do any of the other trolls have like highlighted hair? 
No. I think he's the only one. Yep. Which is funny. He's got a little purple streak. Yeah. Going on. A big purple streak, actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's funnier if that's natural or dyed. I think it's meant to be dyed. <laughs> because he's a little bit, uh... A little bit vain. Vain. Yeah. yeah. He's also got one million rings on. Yeah. Um, which I yeah. hate. Well, I hate how they look on his sprite, because they make his stubby fingers look even stubbier, and I'm just kind of like, how are you doing that? You see him <laughs> typing, and it, like, upsets me, trying to think Because you're of... imagining them, like, grinding against each other? Yeah, like his little tiny, nubbly hands, and it just seems difficult. Seems like he's undermining himself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. I think he does things the hard way, to look cool. He does. Um, oh, so how'd he get his gun? He got it while flarping with Friska from the same wreck that she got her dice from, but it seems like his gun is serving him a little better. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Friska, he is thinking about her because he feels like she's bored with him these days because he's really emotional and she's got way more interesting stuff going on. Um, and... You know, they're not in cahoots anymore like they used to be, and maybe she realizes that his whole doomsday device thing was really just a ruse to get her to be in cahoots with him again. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, then we get a flashback of the two of them flarping uh, on pirate ships. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. They're children, and um, and they have pirate ships. Yeah, and they're very successful, and they get all the levels together. They get all the levels together, and they get lots of treasure, and they force lots of other troll children to walk off the plank into Riska's into spider, spider pit. Way. Yep. Uh, and then those trolls, uh, Lucy, get fed to uh, Glub Glub. Glub Glub. I love it. Which is how you, that's how you pronounced it last time, so I wasn't sure how it was spelled. Uh-huh. Um, do you want to look at what I spelled it as at first before I looked it up? I saw. Grub galub. Yeah. Like, the word grub, and then G apostrophe lub. Yeah. That's Which not is how you write mu- it. It makes much more sense than uh, G-L apostrophe B-G-O-L-Y-B. Right, because it's phonetic as opposed to, like, deliberately trying to be Lovecraftian and quasi-unpronounceable. Yeah, yeah if, I, if I didn't, if I hadn't heard you pronounce it, I would read that as, like, glibgolib. Yeah. Glibgolib. Anyway. Glib. anyway um, so we finally find out why Pfeffer needs to feed all these Lucy to her monster Lucis. Mm-hmm. And it's because um, if she gets hungry, she'll start to speak and, like, whine and stuff. And her voice is, like, has, like, psychic powers and um, it will kill trolls. Mostly, like, lower blood trolls first and then, like, all trolls if it gets louder and she apparently is capable of emitting, if she gets really agitated, the vast glub which uh, is a psychic shockwave, and it would kill every troll in the galaxy. So it's important to keep feeding this monster. Yep. 
So Feffrey has a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, she handles a lot better than Briska does. Yeah, she does. She, she's she. Yeah, she seems to be much more. Uh, I guess not at ease, but like. Um, much more well to terms with it. Yeah. Yeah, she's like she's like comfortable with her response. She just she shoulders the responsibility instead of uh, feeling overwhelmed by it. Which partly it's that she doesn't have to go around committing a bunch of murder. Like she has other people doing it for her, and they're that's, yeah, that's true. They're less sentient creatures. I mean, it's still terribly sad, but it's not it's not the same as as manipulating essentially human beings and murdering them. But at right. the same time, you're also, you know, it's not just my mom's going to be mad. It's like all of my species will die. Yeah. But but Fafford is very sweet and very strong. So she's she okay. is. I like her a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, unfortunate. Well, okay. You know who else likes her a lot? <laughs> <laughs> all about my segues today. Very good. Thanks. Um. Erin has a big old crush on her, remember? And um, so she comes into the game, and she's in her beautiful fishbowl planet. And yeah, so she um, her well, her planet is like this dewy field, mm-hmm. and then her house is like in a fishbowl, mm-hmm. and there's like glass clouds in the sky made up of like Photoshop artifacts. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah. Um, but this is in the, at a point in the timeline where I think she's the last person in the game. Um, I believe she said, like, so. She said the chain is complete. Okay. But I think, I think someone else is supposed to be the last person in. I don't remember. Do we care enough to look it up? Nope. Okay. You'll, you'll have um, to figure, piece that, that together yourself if you're really invested. It's on the wiki. Um, look up, like, the Mobius double reach around. Because yeah. I don't remember. And it, honestly, it's really not plot important. Let's uh, let's call that like a hamsteak who cares him. Who cares him? Yeah. Like that's our, that's the little like tidbit of information that we're not going to find out. It's how, a who cares him. How do you pronounce, how do you it's, spell who cares him? Who cares, all one word, and yeah. then apostrophe M. What? Like a who done it? Like a who done it? But who cares him? Like who cares about him? Is the contraction going on there? Sure, uh, it's not like a deliberate contraction. It's like a like a goofum, you know? A what? Like a goofum. What? No! What is that? If if you got like a goof, but it's like it's a goofum. No, it's not. It's, it's not a made coming... up word. Is what it is. Well, yeah, of course. Okay, it's a hair, hamsteak who cares them, and part of the joke is the fact that that word just flat out does not compute for me. <laughs> Great. Ha ha! Woohoo! These fishy friends have a heart to heart. Also, who is H-O-O? Of course. Ah! <laughs> hamsteak who cares them. Ah! I'm gonna write that in the show notes, and I'm gonna be really unhappy about it. <laughs> Wait, I gotta write it down. Gotta write it down. English orthography can fuck right off. That's <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying, really. Um, all right. So 
I promise we're gonna we're gonna get through this, you guys. I promise. Yeah, sorry, I'm de- I'm derailing this a lot. I'm derailing this a lot too. Hey, it's okay. You have control over what falls on the cutting room floor. So that's true. But the more that we talk, the more that I cut, the more time I have to spend on the cutting room floor. You just lie on the cutting room floor, like with just like making a snow angel of like film clippings. <laughs> Grabbing bits of, of film reel and holding them over your eyes, crying. Yeah. Okay. So, um... I, I cough. I cough and one comes up out of my mouth. Ew. Like, like a, a day afterwards. Oh, no. So, Feffery breaks up with Aridin, is basically what's going on. Aridin is like, I have some stuff I want to I want to tell you. And Feffery's like, wait, me too. Uh, maybe you should go first. So she does, and she's like, hey, so since you can't... You don't pose a risk to the planet anymore by, like, trying to commit all this genocide that you want to commit. Um, I don't really have to watch out for you anymore. So, you are no longer my Moiril. Bye. Well, she says it a bit more nicely than that. She does. Well, she, like, she's being honest. She's like, like, look, being your Moiril is really emotionally taxing, and that's not something that I can handle right now. Exactly. Uh, and he's like, I didn't know that you could just, like, stop being a Moirail. I thought it was destiny. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because, like, apparently all the trolls believe really heavily in destiny about these relationships. Right. Which which means that all of this, like, sort of quasi-dating that they're doing as teenagers is, you know... I mean, it always feels heavy, but it's culturally given even more significance than uh, mm-hmm. than I feel like it is for human kids. Unfortunately. Yeah, sure. So, so they're dealing with that. And, uh, yeah, so he, she breaks up with him and he's like, wait, no, he gets really upset. And, uh, it, he actually stops using his typing quirk to be like, listen, like, I'm serious. Let's really talk about this. And she reciprocates. And so for a minute, the conversation is not insufferable to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, that lasts just long enough for, um, for Aridin to be like, wait a second, okay, so if we're not Moirails, then what about something a little bit more, like, bright red? Like, he wants to, like, be her mate sprit. I hate these words. Um, <laughs> and um, she's like, no, I'm emotionally exhausted. I definitely don't have room for those feelings right now. Sorry, like, I, I like you as a person, but, like, I am way too tired for that. Like, it's not happening. Yeah. So, he, uh, he kind of has trouble accepting that. He, he he pitches kind of a hissy fit. Yeah. There's nothing, like, that sets off, like, alarms for me. Like, it's very, like, understandable, I think. It is. It's just kind of annoying. Like, yeah. He's being pissy. And, uh, but not terribly so. And then you see him, uh, he's being about as pissy as you'd expect a 13-year-old boy to be. And then mm. he, um, he, like, flops his head down on the desk and, like, clonks himself in the head because he's all sad. But Feffery is thrilled to be, like, free of having to worry about Aridin all the time. And she has yeah. a lot of stuff to do. And so she literally flies up out of the water with, like, a little splash uh, from the distance, and right through her gate. Yeah! No building necessary. Nope. 
Which, now that I think of it, I don't know how she did that. I'm guessing the water goes pretty high above her house, and she's able to swim up to the surface and, like, propel herself up enough to go... Because she can't so. fly. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it was just, like, a propulsion thing. Mm-hmm. Because she can, like, swim fast with her trident. Right. We've seen her, like, rushing through the water with bubbles blowing around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes uh, up to uh, Solix, because Solix needs help. Um, Solix needs a put- whole bunch of help. He he just got her into the game, and then uh, he needs help now. Yeah. Um, so we switched to Karkat's perspective on that, and he is trying to talk to Solix and just saying, like, I hope you're okay. Are you okay? Tell me that's just honey. Oh, my God. And we don't see him. We see Karkat hanging out with Jack and, uh, and Gamzee. And, uh, but then we go back to Solix, who is covered in, not honey, his own yellow blood, and, uh, bees. Mind bees. He's, he's very dead. He's quite dead. He's violently dead. Um. He's an ex-Solix. He's ex-Solix? Yeah, he's a, he is an ex-troll. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and his, um, his double Cyclops, Lucis. Right, is, sprite is a sprite now and floating over him. And it's kind of sad. Karkat is 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 horrified. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really like shocking image. Yeah. It's I think it's one of the I think it might be the most It's the I think it's the most gruesome thing we've seen so far. Um of of, you know, humanoid species as opposed right. to the, the felt we did see um dead Dave. Covered in his own blood a while ago. Yeah, but that that didn't like strike me as gruesomely as this one. That's true. Well, because or it was it I was a past Dave. You know, it, it was Dave walking in on his own self, which was pretty horrific. But right, yeah, because like up until I, I like clicked the panel, mm-hmm. I thought that uh, Carcat was saying that's just honey, right? Because uh, that he was like hoping it was normal honey mm-hmm. as opposed to mind honey, but no, it was blood. So yeah, um, that's not good. No, it's not good. Um, the reason he's dead is because, so, um, Solix got Feffery into the game, and, um, the, her Lucis, Glub Glub, like, Glub Glub, like, started getting distressed and apparently let out the, the vast Glub before Carcat could bring Solix in, and so Solix, like died from the, the psychic shockwave. Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't parse that. Mm-hmm. That's, um... But, so he, so he died as he was entering the game? Right, like, just before he, he entered, yeah. Okay. Right, and Karkat, Karkat was gonna be his server player, and then, like, that's, the narration says, like, you couldn't get him in before the glub, and then later on, um, in a memo that we're gonna read at the end of this week... He starts saying that uh, he's he thinks that he's going to pretend to be dying, and then he like actually starts to say like I'm you know I'm hearing these voices of the deceased like this is this hurts my brain and right. uh, the the voices or whatever, and then um, 
I have to go bring Feffery in. So he's starting to, like, break down as he's bringing Feffery in. So I guess maybe her Lucis is already getting agitated. Then Feffery comes in, then there's the glub, then Solix dies, then Karka has to see it, then Jack starts to comfort him and then isn't satisfied when he doesn't snap out of it immediately and starts smacking him around. They're all hanging out on Gamzee's planet. Yeah, Gamzee uh, is not happy, but he just kind of, like, takes a, a stone look at his own computer. Yeah, Gamzee's just baked out of his mind. He doesn't... He's not yeah. thrilled or anything, but... Yeah, um, and on his computer he sees that... Uh, Aridan wants to talk to Karkat about his feelings. Right. Uh, and Gamzee's like, this is a bad time, dude. Uh, and says that uh, Solix is dead. Mm-hmm. And then um, Gamzee and... Or Aridan, like, calls himself, like, an idiot. Like, he braids himself for bringing up his own problems at this time. Right, which uh, he couldn't have known, but, like... Yeah. He still feels bad. It, because, remember, like, like Solix was just the person who just, like, saved Feffrey's life by bringing right. her into the game, so. Yeah, um. But then Gamzee says, oh, I'm feeling a miracle coming on, and, uh, and Aridin flips out and, and yells, like, magic isn't real stupid, stop believing in it. And, uh, TC's response is, um... I've got to believe at what my heart tells in me, even if it's a fake thing. Honk. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's somehow without it being in, you know, the flippy case, it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. It's, he, he's got to sound like he, uh, is bubbling or something. Yeah. He, his voice is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know that it even translates verbally. I've never heard a good or like a satisfying <laughs> voice acting of him. Um but the bottom line is he just tells Aridin to slam a fago. Right. And that's still feel better. So is that where we started? No, he just tells him to slam a fago again. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh I think I think the first time it's it's um Aridin just happens to have the Fago, and he's like, I need a drink, and he looks at it, and he's like, nah. And then this time, it's Gamzee saying, you should drink a Fago, and he's like, you probably don't have any, and then Aridin realizes he does. No, he's like, no, Aridin's like, I don't have any, and then, um, Gamzee's like, are you sure? Yeah. And Aridin's like, oh, fuck. Yes. And then Gamzee's like, mother fucking miracles. <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's good. Miracles are real. And, uh, so he actually does drink the Fago, and then there's, like, a gif that's, like, a split second of, like, the face, and then mostly yeah. just him staring at the bottle being like, it's just soda. Yeah, it's not great. Not that bad either. Mm-hmm. The narration says, what's the big deal? We all need to settle down here. <laughs> um, so then Feffery lands on Solix's planet, and she kisses his body. Much to Karkat's horror. Yeah. But uh, what that does is wakes up uh, Solux on Durs. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, he's alive. Look. Yeah. There's, there's Solux. Yeah. So he's fine. Meanwhile, um, um, wait, go. 
Uh, then Carcat starts receiving messages from future, future Jack, uh, basically saying, I hated watching this the first time, and I hate you all. Right, it's, so it's Future Jack, a.k.a. Spade Slick, who is down in the vault now. Do you remember where we left him after the intermission a bajillion years ago? Exactly. Um, where, so he just got locked in a vault by Snowman, and uh, so she, or no, he didn't get locked in a vault by Snowman. He confronted Snowman in front of a vault, um, like the felt's vault, mm-hmm. and she... She shot off his arm, or pulled off his arm. Yeah, ripped off his arm, um, and then... He was able to get down into the vault by flipping him his sprite, and because uh, the arm that she ripped off had had his barcode on it, but then he flipped his sprite, so it was on the other arm. And then he got down there, and then it shot behind him, and so now he's stuck down there, and there's his terminal, and he's watching his past self watch Car Cat mm-hmm. watch Feffery Smooch Solix. And I mention all of this because at this point. Uh, we, <laughs> we go up another level of abstraction. And watch uh, Hussy watching Spades, like, watching Jack, watching Carcat, watching Feffery. Right. Um, and so then we get a protracted meta joke. Yeah, which uh, is, I don't know, what did you think of it? It's fine. It's silly. It's, I agree. I think it was funnier the first time I read it. Yeah. Uh, it it just like goes on for a while. It's a little long and it doesn't but really have a point. Yeah, but basically we see uh, a troll version of Hussy, mm-hmm. but it's actually just Hussy uh, in gray body paint with a troll like headband on. Right, which is I'm not sure if by this point I think it must have been because the trolls would have been around for I think almost a year by now. Um, yeah. And, uh, there's a lot, like, like, troll cosplayers, like, immediately became very popular, because it's a pretty easy cosplay to do, like, just a basic one, and yeah. so many people got into Homestuck, and there were, like, problems at conventions of, like, just fucking gray paint getting everywhere, because it was also, a lot of people, I think it's, people are pretty much better about it now, like, the knowledge is a little more widespread, but, like, there are, like, gloves that you can buy that are... You know, they look, they're like dance tights, kind of, and they, they look like skin, but they're they're gray and opaque, and then you don't have to wear body paint on your arms and your mm-hmm. hands. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this is a it's a, a riff on... So did you ever go to a Homestuck convention? They're not Homestuck... Well, I think now there is a Homestuck convention, maybe. Or like a, a convention where Homestuck happened. No. I've actually never been to like a big Comic-Con. Right. But um I had I had a friend in high school who um would cosplay as Gamzee occasionally cuz he had um <laughs> he had pajama pants that like were the same as Gamzee's already so he's like well I guess I have to go. So I think ha- that was Yeah, you're half done. Yeah. So uh so so he did that like for Halloween. Um nice. came to school as Gamzee. I don't think he did the body paint for that though cuz would have been probably, a well, yeah, hassle. Anyway. Um yeah, but then he uh, he berates uh, the troll kids. Mm-hmm. He's like, goddamn troll kids, every time you turn around, they're smooching each other. Makes a, wan- a man want to stab his own gut and puke blood, which is a, a bit graphic. It's a bit much. Uh- so he's, his persona here is, like, that he hates the audience and he hates making this story. And also, he's, like, literally trapped in an attic. Right, which apparently was the frame device for the never-ending story, which I don't... Uh, my My... Rem- my memories of the never-ending story were, like, very hallucinatory. Uh-huh. Um, because I watched it, like, in a car on, like, a four-inch screen as a small child. <laughs> um, my memory of it is 
I watched like it was on TV or something, and we watched part of it. And then my older cousin, he said it was he said it was cheesy and laughed and walked into the room, and that's how I learned the word cheesy. Ah. <laughs> I have like a vivid memory of that. Did you still get into the movie? No. Ah. It was like halfway over at that point, and I didn't understand what was going on. It like it made no fucking sense to me whatsoever as a child. Like just mm-hmm. none. I think probably I would still need a, like a plot synopsis of it, but I just remember like being like tripped out the entire time. Anyway, <laughs> apparently the framing device is that a kid gets chased into an attic by bullies, and um, Hussey makes a joke about that and how later he's gonna go ride a long dog through the sky and fuck their shit up. And, oh, so then then it gets even more meta, which, via the action text, NSPA, quick, become more meta while AEH is brooding, Andrew Hussey. And so it shows the reader looking at a monitor contemplatively and then sort of dispassionately pointing a gun at their own head, which is a nice nice little casual suicide joke. I like that. I didn't even understand that. that because I was trying to figure out whether that was, like, a character from a previous MSPA I didn't get. I didn't get that that was supposed to be the reader. Oh yes, it is. Um, because then, then the narration talks about how um, the uh, the reader will do an acrobatic fucking pirouette off the stump and blow their brains out if uh, if this self indulgent joke goes on any longer. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Which Hussey responds to, um, like what posing dramatically with the. Uh, the trolls? Oh, no, not yet. But, um, <laughs> he goes on a long rant and he says, uh, so a lot of stuff. I want to read one of them because they're really funny and, like, a really, like, good showcase of, like, hussy speak. Do you know what I mean? I've, I found this one insufferable. Like, I didn't even read it. Oh. It's, like, I, I have to read them because, like, as much as they're, like, annoying, I think, like, the, the way that he plays with words is, like, it's very funny and, it, I don't know, where it it's kind of... Compatible with my own sense of humor, even though I think this isn't a good gag, but he goes, um, do you possess even the most infinitesimal kernel of cognizance for the degree to which I can make the shorn, shivering weasel that is the totem spirit representing your wretched fascination with this website squeal in heartrending remorse? Basically saying, like, I can fuck your life up by dicking around in this comic because I know you read it anyway, because I think by that point the fandom had already kind of made it quite clear that they were... In it for the long haul? Yeah, like and eagerly agonizing over every single update. Right. Um, then he threatens to uh, make everyone read all the troll romance segments again, which he does. I didn't actually read the page, but yeah, they're all there. Yeah, it's just copy-pasted, yeah. Um, and then he spikes little Cal triumphantly like a football. And yeah, using the B word, which is, you know. Which is kind there. of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh... Then he does the first... I'm, I'm mentioning this only because we're going to see this a bunch more times. Um, this is this becomes a trope of, like, Andrew Hussey in his cosplay, like, posing maniacally with, like, little shivery troll heads and card suits around him. and Right. Which was a pretty cool panel. It is pretty cool. It's like, it's silly, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. Now it's time to go back to Spade Slick. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to talk to... Cat. And so he tries to press the uh, arrow key on the keyboard mm-hmm. with the action for the action text, right. the equal equal uh, greater than sign. 
Um, but that isn't proper syntax in this universe. You need to type four equal signs first. Right. And then press that key. It's very silly. He's enraged by this. Uh, but he does it. And we get yeah. to go see Solix next. We do. Anders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, is the only one awake on Durs, mm-hmm. but he remembers being awake on Prospet. And we find out that Solux is a, has two dream selves. He does. He's the only one of the trolls who do. We get a friendly little infographic of the dream selves of all the trolls. Mm-hmm. We also find out that Aradia has no dream self. Right. Because she's already dead. Right. And um, what else? I think that's that's the only other pertinent thing right now. Right. Yeah, so then um, someone tries to contact Salix. Oh, wait, okay, so I do think it's kind of funny, so you know how the trolls arrange themselves into the red and blue teams, and then there was kind of some weird shuffling around? Oh, yeah, I hadn't uh, kept track of that. Oh, yeah, well, I don't know. The bottom line is... Um, the people who ended up on the red and blue teams are the um, are the or the blue and red teams are the um, Durs and Prospect Dreamers, respectively. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I thought you know, like it wasn't the people they originally intended it to, but really, it's all fortuitous and they belong it's together. It sorted out. It sorted itself out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, someone is writing to Solix. Boy, you there, red and blue eye boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's this guy. It's, it's... The short, the short one. Club's Deuce. Or Courtyard Droll. Right. Um, he's here. He's here. It's him. He's got a big hat. So the thing is, he's here. Uh, he see, he approaches Solix on Durs. Mm-hmm. But he's also, in the future contacting Salix through the monitor. Right. Uh, and Salix isn't reacting well to that. And he does some mind power at it and explodes the monitor. Right. Remember, Salix just died traumatically after hearing, like, billions of trolls, like, imminently to be deceased, like, shrieking in his brain. So he's not super thrilled to, like, hear more voices in his head. So he managed just to blow up, um... He explodes the future. Yes. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. Um, then he decides to blast off from Durst because of a cool line. Yes. Uh, he says that he's wasted enough time on sleeping and dying. That is really cool when you take it and out he's of gonna context. Get, he's going to get to adventure in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he goes to his, his planet, which is the land of brains and fire, which I think is lazy, and I think the design is lazy, and I hate that it's just random disembodied human-looking brains floating around, and I'm bored by all of it, and I think it's stupid. Yeah, it's a, it's not a very good one. No. Uh, we didn't mention that Gamzee's planet was, like, the planet of clowns and fun or something. Clowns and mirth. Clowns and mirth, which was actually, like, a very, like darkly lit, horrifying, circus-themed world. Yep. Because clowns are scary, haha. Do you find clowns scary? Uh, yeah, but I'm also tired of, like, the the meme of clowns being scary. Hmm. Um, but I do genuinely, like, I don't, like, I'm not afraid of them, I just, like, don't want to look at them, ever. Hmm. 
they're like a very strange cultural artifact. Did you ever see clowns as a child? Yeah, like I went to a couple of like birthday parties that there was a clown at. Hmm. And that was like it was fine. It never like made me go, "Wow, I want a clown at my party." Right. Mostly they just like did magic and I was like, "Cool, magic." But also, even as a kid, I was like I understand that that rabbit was in a very tight space for a long time and that was horrible. Aw. Why did why did you why why is this rabbit involved in your magic? Why can't you summon some cards? Yeah, that's fair. That's ethical. The thinking child just doesn't get as much out of that kind of stuff. Or the I don't know, concern. Yeah, I don't I don't think that was like highly intellectual of me. No. I just like just some kids tend to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like Yeah, I I'm I'm not a fan of uh involving animals in your magic tricks. Yeah, that's true. They get manhandled a lot in the name of magic. Yeah, like they're like the reason that they look they seem to appear from nowhere is that you're like literally like squishing them into a tiny space that you open up and then they pop out of, Aww. and they're just like there for the duration of the the show. Right. Like, like, like Arrested Development, like Job's doves, just like. They're expendable, mm-hmm. and he has just like a bag of dead dogs in the dead dogs ah! in the in the freezer. Ah! Um, that's like how magic works. It's horrible. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyway, oh, so the first, the first, and I think the only time I can really remember seeing clowns up close as a child was a clown coming into my like third grade class and actually like breaking character and like describing how clowning works. Oh. Yeah. So it sort of ripped down the fourth wall. For me. That's, that's good. Yeah, it was interesting. It was still creepy, because he was like, yeah, and you know, like, in order to appear, it was like our gifted and talented program, and they're like, um, if you, if you, um, in order to appear non-threatening, you, um, you cover your teeth while you smile, so it's this, like, horrifying, like, lipless grin, and I hated it, and I still hate it. And I think about it a lot. Oh, yeah, that's awful. It's not, yeah, it's not like a visceral, like, horror. It's more just, it's, it almost makes me angry. It's just like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. It's not funny and no one likes it. Please stop. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyway, Homestuck. Um, <laughs> in Homestuck, we're not Feffrey's... even on the clown planet right now. No. Um, Feffrey is surprised, I think, to see... Solix appear over his own corpse. Yeah. I'm not sure if she knew that she was summoning another version of him when she kissed his corpse. Um, yeah, I think she had seen in the clouds, because remember, she can see some things in her prospect clouds. Um, oh, okay. She had seen that, or no, she's a dirt streamer, so she hears oh. things. She hears whispers, and um, so she had heard that, I guess, that you're supposed to kiss um, dead people and that will revive them, which is a real thing. But, um, I, I don't think she realized how that would go down or maybe she was just being sentimental. I'm not a hundred percent sure. The narration presents it as like, she knows that she's reviving him, but perhaps does not realize how. Yeah. She, I don't think she was being sentimental. Like she was smiling as she did it. Right. Or it's also, Um, it's also possible that she just didn't expect him to get there so fast. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, on the land of maps and treasure 
is the acronym you're looking for. Thank you. Tavros and Riska are going on side quests. They are. They have lots of loot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of boombucks. So they open, yeah, they open a chest and there's a bunch of boombucks. And there's someone trying to contact Riska through a terminal in the future. Yeah. Uh, but she just can't hear them at all. Right. Riska uh, is too stubborn and not really paying attention. Yeah, she's sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, mysterious eighth exile, who we aren't told who this is. I don't know why this is have... mysterious to you. I actually had to go through and delete well, who have... it was. Well, they had the same. Well, they have the same like flowery text as the Black Queen or the White Queen on Earth. Right. So it's the Black Queen. It just it, it's just that it's treated as a mystery. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's meant to be mysterious, but like you know who the Black it's... Queen is exiled yes. to be, right? Yes, the Black Queen, and so it's Snow Flake. God damn it! <laughs> I was waiting for um, you to say Snowball. Fuck. <laughs> I think Snowman's um, a stupid, uh, a stupid name too. Now that I think of it, but I just make, it just makes me think of Frosty the Snowman, which is like not a sexy femme fatale in any way. Yeah, it's it's a strange femme fatale name, but I I'm fine with that. You know what, actually, especially, I think I kind of like it, but it's not like a... Especially if I can make a different snow joke every time I mention her. You're digging pretty deep. Oh, there's lots more snow names. That's true, you are Canadian. We have 50 words for snow. <laughs> She's gonna hit up Terezi. Yeah. But then we don't see her she, do it yet. She switches... From uh, Vriska's monitor to Teresi's monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Every time... Sorry, I listened to a lot of Hamilton in the, like, week surrounding my move. Meanwhile. Yes! Fuck! I listened to it, like, once a day for a week. Nice. Yeah, but, like, so now no one can say, meanwhile. Where were we? We were... At uh, Terezi getting contacted by the Black Queen. Oh, yeah. So she's in the land of thought and flow. Uh, oh, we're also starting to get the trolls' titles. So, like, Karkat is the Knight of Blood. The Seer of Mind is Terezi. They're being, like, referred to those epithets um, in the narration. Yeah. I'm not going to remember those. It's okay. They're, like, you will, actually, if anything. The <laughs> ones that are salient, like, you will remember because they have thematic significance. And that makes okay. sense. So, I mean, Karkat being the Knight of Blood kind of makes yeah. sense. Sure. <laughs> Terezi is the seer of mine. And they're not, like, necessarily important. It'll always be pointed out who they're talking about. Um, but she's in the Land of Thought and Flow, which has these really cool, like, clouds that kind of look like neurons in the sky and, like, lightning flashing through them, and it's all very green and eerie. Mm-hmm. Super into it. Um, and interestingly, just, like, These guys are getting louder. I know, I can hear them. It's okay, I think they're perfectly acceptable on a recording. I think it's kind of pleasant. Okay. Um, just like uh, Rose could uh, hear the White Queen directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say Briska. Uh, Terezi <laughs> can uh, hear the Black Queen, and she uses some chalk to write on some rocks and communicate directly with her, uh, exile. Mm-hmm. And she is sent on a mission to eliminate the Ark Agent. That's Jack. 
exile Jack Noir. And I don't mean if it means the exile Jack Noir or to exile Jack Noir. It means the latter. You need to exile him. Okay. That's what she's telling him to do. Which she also... I'm not sure she knows she's talking to the Black Queen. Um, but she lets the Black Queen know that um, they are trying to exile the Black Queen. Oh. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I think we might see it in a later panel. But... Um, okay. Then we cut over to Nepeta, who is the Rogue of Heart. And she is fighting some monsters in the land of little cubes and tea. Like, like sugar cubes and um, cat-themed teapots. Yep. It's really cute. Yep. Um, and this is the tea-themed planet to my coffee-themed planet. There you go. And Equius is here. Yep. Uh, so she fights some stuff with her, like, claw weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, brass knuckles with huge daggers on them. Yeah. Um, and then she pounces on Equius. She, what does she do exactly, Lydia? Um, the action, like, action words that we're given are Sacker in disposition, pounce greet, and tackle slide. Which all <laughs> are adorable and she's adorable. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very glomp. It is. It's sort of a takeoff on, on glomp, I think. Um... Nepeta asks about Aradia, you know, where is she, what's she doing, uh, who we find out her title is the Maid of Time, mm-hmm. and um, Equius, who is the heir of Void, um, reports that he does not know where she went. She just disappeared. Yes. So here's, I'm going to go over the titles that we have so far. Um, we know that Karkat is the Knight of Blood, Aradia is the Maid of Time, Terezi is the Seer of, Seer of Mind, Equius is the Heir of Void, Nepeta is the Rogue of Heart, Fefri is the Witch of Light. We know that Tavros is a page, but we don't know of what. We know that Riska is a thief, we also don't know of what. And we don't have any kind of a title for Solix, Aridan, Gamzee, or Kanaya, unless there was one and I forgot to write it down, uh, in which case that's another homestuck who cares him, because I'm not going to go look. What? Sorry. That was me thumping a pillow in excitement that you said that. <laughs> oh my god. It sounded like you were trying to kill a passing mouse or something. <laughs> no, I Jesus. was like... Sorry. It sounded like me. like when people go to like smack a bug with a shoe. <laughs> that was an inappropriate reaction to the radio. <laughs> I mean, it did have a sonic component. It sounded like you were beating someone, but it did have a sonic component. <sighs> um, so they, these two, Equius and Nepeta, um, they look off into the distance and they see something big. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the monsters is towering over the mountains mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, someone stupid must have uh, prototyped something dumb. Uh, it's glub glub. It's glub glub. Uh, all the monsters now are enormous and be tentacled. Be tentacled. Or so I think it's um, I think it's new monsters that that are spawned that get the new prototypings. Like there, there's still some like of the one prototyping, three prototyping, etc. Mm-hmm. Monsters around if they haven't been killed yet. Wait, so, what? You're gonna have to repeat that. Like, um, when a new mo- when there's a new prototyping, it doesn't mean that all the imps and stuff that are pre-existent get pr- 
prototyped with the new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the new ones that are spawned that have all the current prototypings. I see. I believe that is the case, as, as we've seen on both in both sessions. Mm, entirely possible. I think so. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. Okay. Um, yeah, it checks out with me. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, so, Equius is reading something, mm-hmm. and we finally see a close-up of his cracked lenses, which are cool. They kind of are. Seen, we've seen like we've seen those in his sprite, but we haven't seen like close-up. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's got this like blue light coming up from underneath, like in his eyes, uh, and these. Oh, <laughs> all the starlings flew away at once. They reached a decision. Yeah, they went, uh, they decided to go west. Alright. That's where they decided the food was. Um, bye, thanks. Thanks for including me in your congress. Awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway, so what the thing that Equius is reading is a memo that Carcat has put up on Trollian. Mm-hmm. Which, um, it's a trans-timeline memo, which means people from the past and people from the future can read it once they figure out how to access the trans-timeline feature in the first place. Right, and at this point, no one, except maybe Solix, understands how this feature works. Right. Uh, and Carcat's just kind of, like, winging it. Yeah. But this is the, this is the uh, point at which uh, timeline-crossing troll chat starts to happen. Right. Um, it seems like it's important. Yeah, you know, it is. Um, so basically what happens is Carcat has already read this entire memo, mm-hmm. or he's read all the memos, uh, and so he's writing them and trying to remember what they already said. Right. But also, he's destined to write what they already said. Right. So it's mostly actually him blabbering uh, about the logistics of how it works in this first memo. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Because it's Homestuck, so we have to have, like, a long aside just explaining, like, how this shit works. So these memos are very long. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually get... I don't... I didn't write down if it was past or future Terezi, but she's the first person to... So basically, Karakat's like, I'm gonna write this stuff out. No one interrupt me. No one, like, reply to this. Just, like, read it and... Uh, PM me if you have any questions. Right. Uh, so then uh, Terezi logs on, and she's like, oh my god, nobody cares. Uh, and he bans her from replying. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Solux, from five hours later, uh, from the car cat who's writing this as point of view, logs on and says, there's hundreds of pages of this already, uh, and he's about to die. He says um, he's about to, he's, he says, I think I leave when I pretend to die. Oh, right, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's like, don't boot me out yet. I leave at that point. Because everyone's already read it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, but he has to, still has to write it. So he's like, I, I leave at that point when I pretend to die. Mm-hmm. And then he actually dies. Right, he's he's like, no, Carcat, I'm being serious. Like, And this is what we were talking about before. He's like, I'm like, there's voices. I I have to go bring Pfeffer in right now. And then he leaves. Yeah. Uh, Carcat drops an arsler. Yeah. Sucks. Um, and then future Carcat. Uh, logs on to tell past Carcat to shut up. Right. Basically. Oh, I do uh, also want to say that the name of the channel is um, Team Adora Bloodthirsty. 
Right. Uh, Carcat wanted to change it, but he doesn't know how, and it was already destined to be that. Yeah. Um, Has that been mentioned yet? But Adora Bloodthirsty? Yeah, have we heard that word before? Yeah, it was um, when someone was... Yeah, we've heard it before. I don't remember the exact context. Okay. <laughs> Do not reply to my memos. This is not a fucking chat room, assholes. I think at some point he also calls people, like, ADD disordered, which, like, yeah. you got one too many Ds and not enough Hs, and I, I mean, resemble that, that remark. In, I mean, <laughs> that might be intentional, to be fair. I mean, not, I think like, it is intentional. Not to write it off, but, like, yeah, that's in- inaccurate on purpose. Um... Um, so then Equius, from the same time as Karkat writing this, uh, chimes in to say that, uh, he doesn't recognize Karkat's leadership, which Karkat is claiming, uh, in all the future memos, uh, it turns out that I'm, like, the leader of all the groups, mm-hmm. and I will always be, and you're all gonna look up to me, and current Equius does not respect that. Uh, and he says that he's read ahead, and most of the memos are Karkat arguing with himself at various points in time. Right. So he, there's no reason to believe that he's actually the leader. Right. He's the one writing it. But Karkat calls him out for, okay, so Equius is like, you're not the leader, you're really hot-headed. And he's like, you punch robots constantly. Yeah, and kiss them. Also, you like, kiss robots. Also, you're definitely, like, sweating a whole lot because of this whole power dynamic thing. And he's like, who told you about that? Yeah. So, at this point, it gets, it's going to get really confusing, um, because the trolls are going to be talking with their future and past selves, Mm -hmm. and we can assume, I think, that at every point, they've already read all the future logs. Right. Because they all know what's going to happen in these logs. Mm Mm-hmm. But they still have to, like, they're still acting them out organically, but they already know what's going to happen. So it's, can, it's like, it's confusing. It's weird, and it requires less suspension of disbelief than you might think. Um, like, it's handled pretty well of, like, making a bunch of events that everyone knows will happen, happen organically. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that the actors know will happen, it makes them happen organically, but it does require a little bit. But I do think it's interesting how little. Yeah, at this point, like, the actual mechanic of it. Like, we already know mm-hmm. uh, that they have a time-traveling chat client. Right. Um, so it's just... It makes sense to see where that starts. Exactly. And how they get to grips with how that works. Um, meanwhile, Terezi is talking with uh, the Black Queen. Yes. And she uh, she doesn't want to use all the red chalk because that tastes the best. Yeah. And then the Black Queen says, you are a strange and funny girl. And while Terezi's grinning and licking her red chalk. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It is. I like Terezi. I like that she is, she gets to be both, like, very shrewd and, like, one of the more mature characters of the trolls. And then at the same time, she gets to be, like, silly and cute. Yeah, she, um, I mean, like, she started off very maliciously. Um, That's true. She was being really malicious to people. So I forget that because obviously, like, my perception of Terezi is different. But yeah, she starts off being pretty hostile to a lot of people at first. Yeah, but it also, like, it totally is, like, 
as a function of like how long this comic takes to read, mm-hmm. you totally forget past versions of characters and how awful they were. Mm-hmm. When and we've talked about that before, like how it's like shitty to rely on that to give your characters sympathy. Right. Um, well, but, so we. I, I'm trying to remember even like what she had done that was so bad. She she, well, she tried to kill John. She did for no reason. Hmm. Mostly for no reason. That's true, right. She she knew that um, the timeline where John died didn't matter. Right. So she was like, it's cool to kill him if he doesn't die in the main timeline. Right. Which is fucked up. Yeah. Which... Oh, okay, I get it. And she can do that because she's in a separate universe. Um Mm-hmm. And so she can make timelines splinter without splintering off herself, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I think I always forget that detail. I I always imagined that she thought that she was helping and not that, she, like, she genuinely was just angry with the, the human kids at first because they didn't really understand what was going on and they blamed them for their situation. And um, Right, well, that well, all the trolls kind of did that where they, right. like, set out with a hatred of the human kids mm-hmm. uh, for things that they hadn't done yet. Right. And so I, for, I just, I forget that it was totally malicious and she did literally try to murder him. I don't know. Yeah. But then we also saw, um, I forget exactly what happened, but when, um, was she the one who orchestrated, uh, Vriska's accident? No, that was Aradia. Okay. Yeah. Well, when, Terezi was involved in whatever that was, all the accidents. Terezi advised Aradia not to. Right. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, she was, she was acting rationally there and not pettily. Right. Okay, yeah, so, I don't know. She's a nuanced character. Mm-hmm. But, like, I like that she's a nuanced character. She's interesting. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> then there's anyway. another memo. I promise this is the last page. It's just, it's just one more memo. It is. So yeah, these memos take a long time, mm-hmm. but we're at the end here. Um, and basically, Karkat now is saying um, that, so he and Jack are in the Turtle Temple, mm-hmm. or in a Turtle Temple, and he's writing, and he's trying to kind of regroup and figure out at his point in time where everyone is, and who's in the game and who isn't. Uh-huh. Um, Eridan butts in, uh, and it's... Aradan from the point in time where Salix dies, and he wanted to talk to Karkat. Uh, so he talks to this Karkat, who is from a few hours in the past. Uh, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm having some girl troubles. And Karkat's like, this isn't the place for that. Can you PM me? Mm-hmm. And then and then, him. Yeah. And then we get a, a message from Vriska, 609 hours in the future. That's about 25 days. Also, I want to point out that it seems That's bizarre. A, what? Hmm? It seems Sorry. bizarre that um, they use hours and minutes. I suppose oh, those yeah. are pertinent to trolls, but like, okay, so me converting it to days is a little bit arbitrary because trolls use a different day-night cycle. Um, but that's helpful for me to know. It is? Yeah. Oh. Thanks. Okay, yeah. Um, or no, maybe they have the same number of days too, but their years at least are different. Or And their lunar cycles are different. I know that much. I'm not sure if days differ in length, actually. Never mind. That was something well, that so, I thought about as I was doing that math. 
Well, it's good. I, I wasn't, I had no idea how many days 609 hours is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's helpful for me. Um, basic, but basically, so yeah, this uh, super future risk SE culture <laughs> um, chimes in to just laugh at the entire concept of these memos. And she's like, you were like screaming like a little general and trying to organize everyone. And it just kind of like, it worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody bothered to use your memos. Right. And now they're like, and inside, this was something that Equius said in the last memo, was um, that uh, they'd all become, like, an inside joke. hmm Then there's a really unsavory gag. Yeah, so, um, so basically, the way the uh, handles work in these memos is you're either uh, past, uh, future, or current, mm-hmm. of, and then your handle. Right, so they prepend so, P, C, or F to the two initials of your handle. Yeah, so Vriska from 25 Days in the Future is uh, F-A-G. Um, and that isn't, like, the thing is that at first it isn't brought up and you just, like, see it in the text. Yeah, I didn't even notice it until I, yeah. like, had read a couple lines and I was like, wait a minute. And then after after Karkat bans her, he's like, I wish that your handle were, had an H instead of an F so that it would, I could call you a hag. Right, so that it would be uh, insulting. Maybe by being associated with your name, that word will eventually become, like, have a negative connotation in our language, in which it is now meaningless. And he, like, dwells on it forever, and it's like... Yeah, the thing is, it's, like, it it might have been, it could have genuinely been, like, a funny joke. Yeah. If he hadn't meant, if he hadn't even brought it up. Like, if he, if he just said, I wish that that was an H instead of an F so that it would be hag, and then move on, mm-hmm. instead of actually, like, spelling out the joke for us. Right. Right, well, um, and because, like, wishing that it had been hag, like, does, isn't even dependent on it spelling out a slur otherwise, you know? Exactly, exactly. It, that's, yeah, right. like, the joke. The joke yeah. is that is that he's calling her a hag, and, and it need not be anything else. Yeah. But but Husty's 12 years old, so. Yeah. Um, that's not true. I think he's 32. I guess. <laughs> um, and then we get a really... Interesting exchange. Oh, yeah, that's one word for it. Um, so Tavros pops in, and it's Tavros from when he was left on the floor by Vriska, mm-hmm. um, after she'd kissed him and he'd uh, not reciprocated. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that she just kind of, like, left after that. Right. Uh, and just left him on the floor uh, where he couldn't really move. Uh, and that was uh, him from a few hours ago, or from less than an hour ago. And then Vriska from a while after that, like eight minutes ago. Oh, eight, eight. Okay. Uh, um, she talks. She says to Tavros, like, "Well, basically, Tavros is like, I don't know what just happened, uh, and if I did something wrong, I want to apologize." And then Vriska's like, "Oh, I accept your apology," which sucks because. She's the one who should apologize to him. She does acknowledge that it's unnecessary, though. Yeah. But she never um, says, like, I should apologize. She's yeah. not gotten that far yet. But she does say, like, oh, I'm just, like, out getting some stuff and I'll come back and help you up soon. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. And we do know that, like, eventually she helped him get into a rocket car. Right. But it's just, like, a strange thing. And, and uh, Carcat's like, guys, why are you doing this on here? Right, this is completely public. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But 
after that happens, uh, Carquette, like, loses his train of thought. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to get, like, am I going to get back to the, the subject of this? And then um, Carquette from 609 Hours in the Future is like, no, you're not going to, and bans the Carquette who started the memo from the memo and then closes the memo. <laughs> it's a good joke. It is. And that's the end! That's that. Sorry that took so long. Yeah. It, it. Sorry that took so long if the episode happens to end up actually being really long. We don't cut a lot of the blather. Who knows? The, goofs. the goofums. The goofums. Questions. Questions. We have questions. If you want to ask us a question, you can send us an ask at wearehamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com. If you type slash ask, then you don't even have to click a link on a page. You just go straight to the URL. Um, and you can also hit us up on Twitter where we are at Hamsteak Podcast. You can give us a mention, um, or a DM if it's a long thing. I'm like that. Yeah. So our first question is from Anonymous on Tumblr Mm -hmm. who asks, if you had to cosplay as a character from Homestuck, who would it be? And I like just the idea that like you have to cosplay as someone, (laughs) like not if you got to, or if you were going to, but like if you had to cosplay someone, (laughs) Who would it be? Held at gunpoint. Who yeah. would you choose? If it was... No, maybe not held at gunpoint. Maybe if, like, your best friend was having a Halloween party and they made it that you had to cosplay as a Homestuck character. Who would it be? Who would it be? Who would it be? This animal who I did see. Can you help me guess this mystery? Remember from Zabumafu? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I do. Okay. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> what? Well, now I now I'm I'm trying to I can't think of Homestuck stuff. Um. Because I'm thinking about Zabumafu. You think about Zabumafu. You'd, you'd cosplay the Homestuck character, Zabumafu the lemur. <laughs> R.I.P. Um. You don't know he's dead. Huh? You don't know he's dead. He is dead. It was a news item. I didn't know he was dead. <laughs> Well, now you do. <laughs> you good? Dicks out for Zabumafu. <laughs> no, I can't say that. I can't say that. Never mind. <laughs> you just did. No, I was testing it out. Didn't work. I'm, I'm, I'm still in a lot of distress about the Harambe meme. Oh. <sighs> and I've seen some like actual clever takes on it, but uh-huh. I'm still just like not cool with it. Yeah. No, that's fine. Give it more time. I, did you see the one that was, like, a trolley problem? Where, um, if you flip the switch, you kill Harambe, um, but the idea of Harambe survives. Whereas, if you don't flip the switch, Harambe lives, but nobody cares about him. Aww. And I was like, fuck, like, let him, give him, give him some peace. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would... Cosplay Aerodan. Oh god. Yeah, you fucking would. Fuck you. <laughs> god damn it. Or John. I would like really phone it in and cosplay John mm. in just like a shirt. Mm. You'd have to get square glasses though. Yeah. Do you have square glasses? I forget what shape you are. Well, they're rectangular. Okay, there you go. That's fine. John's glasses aren't square, they're rectangular. Okay. I'd probably be... 
realistic. I would want to cosplay Rose, but that would be a ton of work. So if I actually had to put a costume together, I would be Jade. Because mm-hmm. um, I like her outfits, and she wears glasses, and I wear glasses. And I'm not interested in wearing contacts, so... <laughs> and like that. But I would really love to do Rose. Or like, some of Rose's outfits are P-dope. I mean, if you were going to cosplay, like, you might as well go full out. If I was going to go really ham, I'd probably... Mm, I'd feel silly with Snowman's hat is the only thing. But I Ooh. love her dress. Nice. I love it. If I was going to go, like, full out... Maybe, um, I want to do actually one of the, one of the exiles. Yeah. I might, I might do, um, Wayward Vagabond. Aw. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Wear, like, a black morph suit and then, like, rags. Yeah, with, like, dots on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be cute. Yeah. That would be fun, actually, yeah. Oh my god, um, that's a really good, like, group Halloween costume. <laughs> okay. More questions? Yes, we have two questions from the shows with the fields and the stuff. Hi. You you ask us questions a lot. Hi. Yeah, they're uh all caught up on the archive, I think. Awesome. And now they're yeah. Um Okay. <laughs> uh now that you know the quadrants, can I ask top ship? Didn't we just say like last episode and- that we like don't ship? Yeah, but the the question is followed by a Nepeta uh, colon three three face, so I I think we have to at least consider it. Mm-hmm. And by we I mean you because I don't have any. Mm. There's some that are spoilers that I can't say. My favorite ship is a is a big big old spoiler, but I do love it dearly. It just filled me with warm fuzzy feelings thinking about it. Uh-huh. Um. Thank you. What about uh, dad and mom? Oh, yes. I do like that ship. Nice. Um, Sorry, also, I... Spoilers. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, also, do you guys have a favorite character yet? And if they are different uh, from each other, which of your favorites do you think would win in a fight? Oh, no. <laughs> They're definitely um, different. Yeah. Who's your favorite? You want to say on like on three? No, I have to decide. Okay, hence Jade. <laughs> okay. Uh, Did you think I was gonna say Aradan? Yes. No, I just <laughs> like his design. Okay. Um. You like his design enough to forgive him for only staying his hand at genocide, a fully planned genocide, to impress a girl he's trying to get himself out of the, quote, friend zone with? Because that's what his deal is. Um, Don't you like Vriska? Hmm? Don't you like Vriska? I like Vriska. I'm not sure she's my favorite character. Yeah, neither is Aerodyne mine. Right, that's fair. I just like his, like, he looks... Stupid cool. Mm-hmm. Like, cool stupid. Yeah. No, I get that. So does... Vriska looks cool, too. Yes, she does. I like, um... I like... I like Rose. Mm-hmm. I like Rose. Um... I think... And I think at this point, Rose would beat uh, Jade in a fight, because at this point, Jade only has her pew-pew gun. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Whereas Rose has magic. 
Yeah. So I feel like pre-suburb, Jade would 100% win in a fight. Right now, Rose would win in a fight. The tables will turn later <laughs> on, as we'll see in a, some very interesting ways. Cool. Is that our last question? Yes. All right. Um, Unless there's something on Twitter, but I don't think so. Okay. Did you check? I am right now. Okay. I'm checking. I'm vamping. Oh. What? Uh, we got an image submission from Trinity Codex. Oh. Um, which I will send to you. Okay. Do we just describe it? <laughs> it has rendered Alex speechless, so... That really does not translate verbally, does it? <laughs> no. Um, but let's try. So it's it's a it's a very artifacted um, and poorly drawn to begin with. Yeah, uh, rendering like a misinterpretation of the four main ca- main characters, mm-hmm. um, including Jean, Roge, Dave, and Jabe. And then it's uh, in the form of a screenshot of a Tumblr post with a user saying, let me explain you about hamsteak. And then that has been artifacted and um, watermarked by iFunny.co. Ah! Oh my god, it's so... It's so... And they're uh, they're just poorly drawn, um, angular... Miss, miss drawings of the characters. They're, it's funny. They look funny. kind of like... Do you remember those extreme beans? Oh my god. <laughs> they look like how those were drawn, where they were like the bean that actually got in the package, but then it would have like sneaker feet. <laughs> yeah. Those extreme beans. And then it was like they could like ride skateboards, right? I think the beans and the skateboards were separate things. Okay. But... You might, there might have been a crossover. Okay. Only 90s kids will remember. Only early aughts kids will remember. Whatever. That's true. It's going to be really weird once we're, like, old people that, like, we can remember the 90s at all. Though, to be fair. Yeah, like, a world before Y2K. Yeah. A world before, like, internet in homes. Yeah. You know? I remember 1999 was, like, the first time that I knew what year it was. Yeah, same! Because, like, I I learned it from, like, a book or something. Or, like, like in kindergarten, like, I saw the word, like, I saw the number, 1999. I'm like, what's that? (laughs) And they're like, that's the year it is. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's so amazing that you just don't have to think about that shit when you're a child. It doesn't matter what year it is. It is yeah, timeless. Like, like, why would years have a number? Like, it's just... It's just, like, when it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this has been our Hamsteak podcast. It has! Thanks for listening. Wait, we have to tell you who we are. I'm Alex, and you can find me on Twitter at Crunchleaf and Leaf Crunch on Twitter. Tumblr. Fuck. Yep. It's true. You'll just... just... <laughs> Just 
look for who I'm mentioning a lot, and that's who they are. Um, I'm Brickchip on Twitter and on Tumblr. My web presence really, is really bad, though. Like, oh, but you want to hit me up if, um, if you want to ask a thing that's a spoiler, please send me a private message of some kind. You can send me an ask on Tumblr. You can send me a message on Tumblr. You can send me a, a DM on Twitter. Don't send me a mention on Twitter, because those will be public, unless your Twitter is private itself. So you know how privacy works. Don't spoil my co-host. Yay. Yay! Thank you for listening! Thanks. We will see you next week with, um, I don't know, like about 70 more pages and more memos, and it'll be a good time. Hooray. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye.